Welcome to Bible Believers Fellowship and the ministry of BBFOhio.com. I am Pastor Greg and I welcome you to our current events update and then our study in Micah chapter 4 verses 3 and 4 titled, The Lord of Hosts Hath Spoken It. The conclusion of this two-part message can be found at BBFOhio.com as we now begin. This is part one of two. The current events update. So number one, Israel at war, 228-24, day 145, still 134 hostages by the official count remain, and Biden and his administration are lying about a ceasefire for hostage deal. If you're hearing that, you're probably watching fake news, but uh, it's a big lie. Well, I hope by the, the beginning of the weekend. I mean, the end of the weekend. At least my, my, my national security advisor tells me that we're close. We're close. It's not done yet. And my hope is by next Monday we'll have a ceasefire. Yeah. Baloney. Both sides, actually, the Hamas spokespeople and and uh, the Israel's uh, military and sp- uh, spokespeople, they're both saying that um, uh, Biden and his administration are all saying this. They don't use the word lie, I don't think, so I want to be fair about that. But if you listen to what they say, that's what they're saying. Um, this is an example of one of the uh, reports. And this is from the... Um, I, I called them the assassination press because they spent all the time trying to assassinate Donald Trump's uh, presidency, the AP. It, they're, a, they're a joke, but they, they did say this, Israel and Hamas indicate no deal is imminent after Biden signals Gaza ceasefire could be close. Well, it's not close. Small print down there says U.S. President Joe Biden says Israel would be willing to halt its war on Hamas in Gaza during the upcoming Muslim fasting month of Ramadan. There's no such thing. Just, they're just blowing hot air, which she does a lot of. And as part of this whole anti-Israel, anti-Jew effort, leftists, both religious, political leftists, hate the God of the Bible. They hate Bible-believing Christians, but they hate Jews, period. They just hate the Jews. Um, this is just the most recent thing that happened at, uh, today at UC Berkeley. A violent mob forced Jewish students to evacuate through a tunnel. They were screaming, yelling at them, threatening them. A universal spokesperson described the protest as despicable and confirmed damage to a door and multiple windows. Um, but they project. They will tell you that the Trump... MAGA, conservative, right-wingers, whatever, you know, whatever category you fall in there, you're the Nazis. But they're the ones who are literally imitating the Nazis in their hatred and attacks on Jews, just like the Nazis in Germany. And my response to the anti-Israel crowd accusing Jews of genocide is, return the hostages until then, Shut your damned mouth. Amen. Amen. I just want you to understand that's not cussing. Cussing is when you use that word and you're not using it honestly and biblically. 
But they, these people, the Bible says, those uh, whose mouths curse Israel are damned. Damned, if you get your thesaurus out, and I know Jenny Albaugh has one at all times. <laughs> a, two, a couple of synonyms are accursed or cursed. Amen. Damned. Well, what's it say? Genesis 27, 29. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. To be cursed is to be damned. Again, Genesis 27, 29. Jacob uh, is being blessed. It says, Cursed be everyone that curseth thee. Everyone that curseth thee. Talking about Israel. And uh, Psalm 109.2. For the mouth of the wicked and the mouth of the deceitful are opened against me. This is a prophetic uh, psalm that has a dual application to Israel and the Messiah. And it says, The mouth of the wicked and the mouth of the deceitful are opened against me. They have spoken against me with a lying tongue. That certainly describes these people. These anti-Jew, anti-Israel people. When he shall be judged, this is the same psalm. He says, talking about these same people. When he shall be judged, let him be condemned. Synonym for damned. And let his prayer become sin. You see all these fake apostate churches with all their sanctimonious prayers, blessing out of one side of their mouth and cursing Israel out of the other. James describes that. Again, in verse 17, the same psalm. As he loved cursing, so let it come unto him. So that's why you, I'm just telling anybody who comes at me about this, whether it's in person or on social media or wherever it is, email, I just respond. And I said, I don't care what you say, you call it genocide, you're a liar. And until they return the hostages... Shut your damned mouth. And according to Revelation 19, Jesus is about to return and He's going to kill all of you. Right. Same Psalm, verse 18. As He clothed Himself with cursing, like as with a garment, so let it come into His bowels like water and like oil into His bones. You and I don't have to curse these people, folks. We just have to pronounce the fact that they're cursed. God does the cursing. Amen. And I'm not damning anyone. I am a, I'm stating the fact as a warning. And that's how you and I should all approach this when you talk to these people. Because we are never going to apologize for standing with Israel. Yes, there are times where Israel does things that I don't agree with, just like my own government most of the time does. But I'm an American, I stand with America, and if they have a war like the war against Iraq, which was nothing but a Federal Reserve uh, globalist war, then I'm going to speak out against it. But I'm not going to speak out against America having a right to exist, and I'm not going to side with the enemies. And that's what these people are doing with Israel. We stand with Israel, amen? amen. Number two... Just a real quick, now, snapshots of end time insanity. Did you know Mary Poppins is now 
having the rating shifted to parental guidance over discriminatory language over in Europe. The word, I, I, this, I posted this one because I couldn't find anybody telling what, it's because they used the term Hottentots in the movie. What in the? Hottentots. Oh, how, how could that word even come out of your mouth? <laughs> <laughs> they say it's cultural insensitivity. And I think it's re referring to an African group or country. But um, I had no idea when I watched it. I didn't even know that was who. Yeah. Not that I've watched that more than once in my life. But <laughs> Another one. Taylor Swift. I'm a Christian and people with real values kill babies. She's a Christian and says that if you have Christian values, you support abortion. That's from LifeNews.com. You can look up the, uh, the article where the they quote thing. her. But this is just another example. This is the insanity. This woman has a degree. She's not only graduated from high school, she graduated from college. And what you're about to hear come out of her mouth is one of the mo most stupid things any so-called American will ever say in their lifetime. Listen. The one thing that unites all of them, because there's many different groups orbiting Trump, but the thing that unites them as Christian nationalists, not Christians, by the way, because Christian nationalists is very different, mm -hmm. is that they believe that our rights as Americans, as all human beings, don't come from any earthly authority. They don't come from Congress. They don't come from the Supreme Court. They come from God. The <laughs> According to her... If you believe that your rights are derived from God and not from government, you're a Christian nationalist. And you're not a Christian. And that's different from being Christian. <laughs> According to that, then, all the founding fathers were Christian nationalists. Because the Declaration of Independence says, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. I mean, just the public schools, grade school and high school, but a lot of the private schools too. And all the state-run colleges and most of the private colleges and most of the so-called Christian colleges and seminaries, cesspools of stupidity. Amen. You waste your money when you go to those schools. There's only a handful of decent schools left in the entire country, and there's thousands of them and there's only a handful of good ones now um, even like Liberty University which has its problems but you give them there you give them credit where it's due the people come out of there I've met them I've talked to them they know these things they don't come out that bad you know what I'm saying but I rarely meet a graduate of a state school that knows anything about the Constitution, can tell you the basics about the Declaration of Independence, so, you know, know much of anything about even the uh, history of our country or anything. And like that, college-educated journalist, you will find that college-educated teachers, preachers, and scientists are among some of the dumbest people you will ever meet. For 30 years, I've seen college graduates are some of the dumbest people I've ever worked with and had to work for or deal with. 
You go to the state of Ohio, get a Freedom of Information Act, pull the emails, and go through there and see the kind of ridiculous, illiterate garbage sent out by some of the highest paid people in the state. And they can't even write sentences with correct punch punctuation. I can only I can just imagine it's all throughout our culture right now because they graduate people without ha caring about their real education it's all about indoctrination it's about turning them into social justice warriors and that sort of thing people talk I want you to see this this is a scientist but you can see he's an older guy lamenting the horrible condition of science in our colleges and universities. People talk glibly about science. What is science? People coming out of a university with a master's degree or a PhD, you take them into the field and they, they literally don't believe anything unless there's a peer-reviewed paper. It's the only thing they accept. And you say to them, but let's observe, let's think, let's discuss. They don't do it. It's just, is it in a peer-reviewed paper or not? That's their view of science. I think it's pathetic. Gone into universities as bright young people, they come out of them brain dead, not even knowing what science means. They think it means peer-reviewed papers, etc. No, that's academia. And if a paper is peer-reviewed, it means everybody thought the same, therefore they approved it. An unintended consequence is that when new knowledge emerges, new scientific insights, they can never, ever be peer-reviewed. So we're blocking all new advances in science that are big advances. If you look at the breakthroughs in science, almost always they don't come from the center of that profession. They come from the fringe. The finest candle makers in the world couldn't even think of electric lights. They don't come from within, they often come from outside the brakes. We're going to kill ourselves because of stupidity. Exactly, yeah. So that gives you the, your current events update and a little perspective. Be informed, pray, and act accordingly. All right, we'll be in Micah chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. The Lord of hosts hath spoken it. So we're continuing our study in Micah 4 from last week, and we're giving info about conditions during the millennial reign. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, and, and by the way, we're, we're going to compare Scripture with Scripture, but we're not going to go out and just find everything the Bible says on the millennium reign, millennial reign because we'd be here until the millennium, you know, to cover all the material. But in our text, we're going to look at Micah, Micah 4, verses 3 and 4. Micah 4, verses 3 and 4. I'll read 3, and then you join me, verse 4. And he shall judge among my many people, and rebuke strong nations afar off, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up a sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. But they shall sit every man under his vine and under his fig tree, and none shall make them afraid. 
for the mouth of the Lord of hosts hath spoken it. Amen? Amen. So Micah now tells us about life during the kingdom age. We'll start with a couple of clarifications and introduction, and then we're going to look at the governance in verse 3 and the peace and prosperity in verse 4. So start with the clarifications from the last study. Had uh, two or three people who were a little confused on this. So I want to clarify this. Pre-tribulational uh, belief, and all these are from being a dispensationalist, basically. Uh, you'll find some who aren't that hold these same views, but um, dispensationalists believe that the Bible is laid out and we showed the chart and that uh, each dispensation begins with promise and ends with apostasy every time and, and uh, we're in the uh, sixth uh, dispensation at this time and we believe it ends with the rapture and then after the rapture we go back to the 70 weeks of Daniel which only had 69 weeks so far there's one more week in Daniel's 70th week is after the rapture that'll be seven years Sometime between the rapture and the beginning of the seven-year tribulation, we don't know how much time is going to be in there, but it's not. we don't believe it's going to be a long period of time. So you have the tribulation, a short amount of time, the confirmation of the covenant. This is all in Daniel 9, 24 to 27. Go out and get our studies in the book of Daniel if you want to download that into your cerebral vortex or whatever they call it. And then uh, at the time of that, confirmation of the covenant between the Antichrist, Israel, and the world system, then that begins the countdown to the return of Jesus Christ. At the end of that, then he returns and comes to the earth. But the rapture and the second coming, or the rapture and return, if you will, are two different events. The rapture, he comes in the air. The return, he lands on the earth. The rapture, we're all caught up. The return, we come with him back down. The rapture, we go up and then we're in His presence. We get our glorified bodies. Then we go with Him for the marriage supper of the Lamb. The judgment seat of Christ, I believe, comes first. Then the marriage supper of the Lamb. And then we return. We, we go up just like He went up in Acts chapter 1. When we come back, we come back on white horses. Amen. So there's a lot of differences. We know there are different events. We believe in the pre-tribulation rapture. There are some people who believe that three and a half years into the tribulation, there's a rapture. Some believe it's pre-wrath, so it's like somewhere like five, six years. Some believe in the post-trib rapture. Um, that's the difference there. We are pre-tribulational. But what we were talking about last week wasn't about the rapture. It was about the millennium. And the millennium is that 1,000-year period that commences when Jesus returns with us to this earth and establishes his kingdom. We believe that's a literal event. And that is called premillennialism. Right. Millennial kingdom, millennialism, and we are premillennial because we believe Jesus comes at the beginning and sets it up and rules for a thousand years. The amillennial, like us, believe that at any moment this is all over as far as our time on earth, but they don't believe in a literal thousand year kingdom to come and they make Nero the Antichrist and do all kinds of things like that. They spiritualize and, and allegorize and, and they all disagree on what's what. It's just kind of a messy system like that. But they don't believe in a literal thousand year kingdom. So they're a-millennial. Just like a atheist or atheist. A in front of something means there is nothing after that. So no theist means no God. Agnostic means no knowledge. <laughs> and so 
That's what amillennial means, no millennium. But there is a small group who believe that the church is going to conquer the world and rule the world for a thousand years. And then Jesus returns at the end of it to hand out trophies or something. And that's as crazy. It sounds, I'm not, I know they wouldn't say it that way, but when you read it, you'll be shaking your head. It's like, you've got to be kidding me. But that's what they believe. So that's what I want everybody to understand the difference of pre-tribulational and pre-millennial. It's not that hard. I'm just going to tell you right now, everybody in this room, you're smart enough to know this. It's just either you don't care or you're lazy. Otherwise, you'll learn these things. Because you need to understand these things. If you're worried about being able to give a decent representation of your beliefs to others, you need to learn these things. I'll guarantee you Satan's crowd learns those words. So um, another thing was... We were talking about one of the songs I showed a video, and I told you there was a one that was actually a little better. This is what we're simulating what it's going to be like if when you're raptured, you're looking down at the earth. Okay? So everybody can see this. Look, it, it's blanked out, but look at the screen. Ready? Yes. The trumpet sounds. Come up hither. Whoa. And now we're on our way out of the, beyond the Milky Way and through the universe, and that's where this ends. Isn't that cool? Amen. <laughs> yep, that's what's going to happen. One more time. Maybe you'll have this in your dreams. Oh, come up hither. <laughs> Look at that. What makes you think it's got to be faster than that? You just went past the Milky Way. Right now, at the speed of light, it'd take about 100,000 years to get that far. You're going faster than you think. That's faster than you think. To get right there, to look back on the Milky Way, would take you 100,000 years at the speed of light. That's how fast that is. What, eh? In the twinkling of an eye. twinkling of an eye to gather in the sky, but to travel beyond that, there's nothing. It doesn't. Yeah, well, we're going to go fast enough that we'll get to heaven before the tribulation starts. <laughs> At that speed, you're going to get there real soon. Just telling you. So anyway, some of you are just hard-headed, and you, i got to deal with it. I thought it was cool. I think it's it. cool. One last thing. Kingdom of Israel border map. Somebody asked about this again. So if you, you can go out online to our website, and you download this. But that's the Nile River of Egypt. Then over to the other side, that red line is the Euphrates. Okay, Now the southern border goes way down about halfway through the Red Sea and goes, cuts across because that's how it's described. Um, and I don't have the text there, but uh, we've, we've gone over those before. But that's what the millennial Israel will look like. It's not going to look like that beforehand. But when Jesus rules and reigns, that's how big Israel will be. All right, so now to the text, verse 3, and this is building on last week's study, so if you missed last week, you need to go back and listen to it. Uh, our studies are meant for people who will go verse by verse with us through the Bible, and so if you skip and jump, you're not going to get a lot of things, because it builds, and that's how God wrote it in tennis for us, for us to study it. But verse 3 begins there and says, and he shall judge among many people and rebuke strong nations uh, afar off. Jesus tells us 
that when he returns, he will judge the nations. That's how this millennial kingdom is going to start. This isn't the great white throne judgment. A lot of people will try to make it that. Matthew 25. Look at there real quick. Matthew 25, verses 31 to 46. I'll we'll read a few verses here. Matthew 25, beginning in verse 31, tells us the context. When the Son of Man shall come in His glory, and all the holy angels with Him, then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory. If you're there, read 32 with me. And before Him shall be gathered all nations, and He shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. Now, if you keep your finger there and you look at our text back in verse 3 of Micah 4, it says, And He shall do what? Judge among many people and rebuke strong nations. Who, what are we looking at here? Nations. Isn't that what your Bible says in verse 32? And before Him shall be gathered all nations. But it'll be nations, it'll be individual people. So verse 3 is right when it says people, but also nations, because that's how it breaks down. So look at verse 33, and He shall set the sheep on His right hand. That's why we're all called right-wingers. But the goats on the... That's not an accident. I, you know, I, I've told people through the years, I've heard preachers joke about it. I don't think it's a joke at all. I think it's by design. There's a reason why the devil's crowd even calls you right-wingers. And they like to be called leftists. Because they know they're goats. <laughs> yeah, Jesus is on the right hand, not on the left hand. Yeah, that's not... I, I believe it. There's, it's there for a reason. Then verse 34, Then shall the what? King. King.